Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. I like to think that I understand how the liberal mind thinks. <laughs> I, I can, on a regular basis, tell you how they will react to certain situations. This is ability that I have just come by from a lot of discussions with liberals and an understanding of their worldview. There are times when I underestimate them <laughs> or I just plain get it wrong. And last week, when word came down that the Queen of England, Queen Elizabeth II, had passed away, I thought to myself that we would have an extended time of how wonderful she was and and how we as Americans need to be more like them. I also wanted to say up front here that I am not a huge fan of the British monarchy, but probably for reasons that might surprise you. If, if you know anything about British history, you will know that Britain, uh, well, they, they had a, a king and a queen ruling the land for hundreds of years. And, and obviously, the United States started as a colony of theirs until, you know, we had the Revolutionary War and, and fought and won for our independence. We chose not to have a monarchy, as some wanted. In fact, some wanted George Washington to be our first king. But in in Britain, they continued to take away more and more power from their monarchy to the point that today that is it's just really the they're the face of the British government. They they don't really have any power. Power is placed more in the hands of their parliament and their prime minister. So this gets me to why I'm not a real big fan of this kind of situation. The British pay a large amount of money today to support their monarchy, yet the kings and queens don't really have any power. They're just for show, but at what cost? Wouldn't that money be better spent on something other than people that don't really do anything but 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 look good? The, the type of system that we have in this country, a constitutional republic, is far more efficient and effective than what they have. But anytime there is a discussion about capitalism or freedoms and you know, things like this, liberals will usually bring up places like the UK and say that we need to be more like them. So you can understand my confusion when I did not see wall-to-wall coverage of Queen Elizabeth's death in glowing remembrances. In fact, it was in many ways the opposite. What I had failed to factor in was the liberal disdain for colonialism. They usually subscribe to the notion that people should be left alone to their, their own devices and other countries should never intervene. That if one society influences another, well, that that is a, a bad thing and should be condemned. Again, I'm, I'm not saying that I think that we here in America or, or other countries that <clears throat> that that we that has that have, that have achieved independence from, from British rule should not have done so. What I'm saying is that colonialization in itself has not been 100 percent bad. 
there have been things that have come from the colonialization that have been positive. Let, let me give you a few examples. How about Hong Kong, for one? Under British rule, it turned into one of the most successful examples of capitalism and, and progress ever seen. It was a thriving society where there was very little poverty and the standard of living there was you know, it far exceeded that of the region. Now that it is under Chinese rule, it has taken several leaps backwards and no longer can boast of such lofty achievements, really. Uh, how about Uganda? I, I've been there to Uganda. Uganda is another example. This this country was under British rule and, and became one of the most pro progressive countries in Africa. But after independence, it, it became a dictatorship and a dictator state where Idi Amin um, ruled over it with, a, with an iron fist and killed thousands. Examples include more than just specific countries, though. How about slavery, for instance? I mean, Britain fought to make slavery illegal throughout its area of control. Abolition in most of the British Empire occurred in 1834 following the passage of the Slavery Abolition Act. This, this act actually left out India, but slavery was banned there too in 1843. And in England itself, sla slavery was illegal, at least going back to 1772, before this country was ever a country. But what we saw from the liberal media and leaders was something that surprised even me. And from the Daily Mail, uh, they, they have a, a, uh, an article that was entitled, Have They No Shame? <laughs> Thursday's death of Queen Elizabeth II was celebrated by some opinion writers with one promising to dance on her grave and another describing her 70-year reign as devastating. While millions around the world were mourning the death of the 96-year-old monarch, provocateurs were within hours of her death mocking an outpouring of grief in some of the most esteemed publications in the United States. One Pennsylvania professor even said that she hoped the Queen's final hours of pain would be excruciating. Jeff Bezos was among those condemning her now deleted tweet. Uh, the, the ridicule of her reign was was led by um, this this gal. Her name is Tarika Love, and she's a senior uh, newsletter uh, writer for the New York Magazine. Quote: For 96 years, the colonizer has been sucking up the Earth's resources, she wrote in this Thursday's evening newsletter. Uh, you can't be literal oppressor and not expect the people you've oppressed not to rejoice on news of your death. Love, who was appointed in December, described the magazine editors as, described by the magazine editors as creative and restless and funny and surprising. And he felt nothing but joy at her death, though. Now, I'm, uh, this, this is another one. Quote, now I'm supposed to be quiet or better yet, actually mourn what was a barely breathing glad Force flex trash bag. Please, no. 
I just want to remind you that in the rest of the world, and I mean actually world, most will be celebrating today. There's another one. We all have our methods of mourning friends. Doing the electric slide on a colonizer's grave just happens to be mine. Love knew that their views on the the party dinner party uh, newsletter would be provocative. Uh, they they even wrote that 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 they wanted you to go to the, the uh, Twitter and and uh, and read them. In the New York Times, Maya Janzoff, a, a history professor at Harvard University, where she uh, focuses on the history of Britain and the British Empire, said that it was wrong to romanticize her reign. Quote, the queen helped obscure a bloody history of decolonization whose um, uh, proportions and legacies have yet to be adequately acknowledged, she wrote. Jan's off highlight, highlights um, recession uh, in, in Malaya, Kenya, Yemen, Cyprus, and Ireland. Quote, we may never learn what the queen did or didn't know about the crimes committed in her name, she said. Those who, who heralded a second Elizabethan age hoped Elizabeth II would sustain British greatness. Instead, it was the era of the empire's implosion. A writer for The Atlantic Magazine, Jameel Hill, also chimed in on her Twitter account, saying journalists had a duty to cover what she called the devastating impacts of Elizabeth's reign. Journalists are asked with with putting legacies into full context, so it is entirely appropriate to examine the Queen and her role in the devastating impact of continued colonialism. This is what Hill wrote. That tweet was also met with a a comment uh, section full of critics, with uh, one remarking, LOL, ain't no one gonna say a thing, though. Another journalist, uh, uh, Eugene Scott of the Washington Post, also offered his opinions, asking when it would be a good time to talk about colonialism under the Queen. Quote, real question for the now is the appropriate time to talk about negative impacts of colonialism crowd. When is the appropriate time to talk about the negative impacts of colonialism? He wrote. Imani Gandhi, a legal analyst at Rewire News, tweeted out a video of a group of men tap dancing outside Buckingham Palace to the song Another One Bites the Dust. The queen died and the Irish are already on it, LOL, she wrote. Academics joined in with a professor of English at the University of Michigan, Ebony Elizabeth Thomas, saying thoughts of Diana and Meghan Markle were keeping her from shedding a tear for the fallen monarch. Quote, at this moment, the thought of Diane and Meghan are keeping my eyes completely dry. She she wrote this in, in reference to the report of poor treatment of the two women who, of course, married into the House of Windsor. And she said, I'm surprised. I tend to weep even for personal enemies and, and structural um, oppressors. 
and U.S. media, entertainment, and education has gilded her. But yeah. The tweet was uh, was echoed by a chorus of Twitter comments, agreeing with her and suggesting the queen was a harbinger of evil. Thomas began her barrage on the king, uh, I'm sorry, on the queen earlier in the day as news of her poor health began to swirl, saying telling the colonial uh, the, the colonized how they should feel about the colonizer's health and wellness is like telling my people that we ought to worship the Confederacy, she said. Respect the dead. When we're all writing these tweets in English, how'd that happen, hmm? We just chose this language? (laughs) You know, some of these guys, they just aren't the brightest bulbs in the box, are they? Lindsay Doylen, who uh, unsuccessful candidate for Manhattan Borough President, who accused ex-New York Governor Andrew Cuomo of sexual harassment, commented snarkily on the tweet, saying, I cannot imagine what my Irish grandparents would be feeling. That wretched woman and her bloodthirsty throne have effed generations of my ancestors on both sides of the family. And she surprised, uh, and she supervised a government that sponsored the genocide my parents and siblings survived. May she die in agony. <laughs> wow. You just hear the venom in that, can't you? Twitter has now removed the post for violating their rules uh, as thousands of people, including Jeff Bezos, called her out for for that. In fact, Jeff Bezos said this. He says, this is someone supposedly working to make the world better? I don't think so. Wow. (laughs) I kind of agree with Jeff Bezos on this, and I don't do that very often. (laughs) Journalist Piers Morgan, no relation to me, also added, you vile, disgusting moron. (laughs) Of course, he's English, you know. Uh, One horrified user said, don't expect that of you, but do expect common decency, respect for such a loss. If you cannot give that at this time, you are a disgusting human being. Another added, you are just so uncouth and mannerless. You speak of someone who's just passed away with such vile and disdained comment. The anti-racist professor has faced allegations of racism in the past for the words that she has used online. And in one instance, the foundational black American organization created a petition to get her removed from Carnegie, Carnegie Mellon university. Anya, who claims to be an expert in diversity, equity, and inclusion was called out for using an ethnic slur, which means cotton pickers or wild animals. The petition um, to get her fired garnered nearly 800 signatures, and it read, Dr. Yu uh, uh, Anaya cannot be allowed to use the platform of Carnegie Mellon University Department of Language, Modern Languages to further promote systemic racism through the blatant use of ethnic slurs on social media when referring to foundational Black Americans. Quote, this is a step backward in our fight to destroy systemic racism and discrimination for all people if institutions allow professors to become comfortable with using language as weapon 
as a weapon against people of color by people of color. And also, society must hold all people accountable equally. And we call on Carnegie Mellon University to take action against this type of egregious behavior to, to protect the reputation and integrity of the higher learning institution. But, the, but really, the criticism was not just in the form of a few tweets or Facebook posts or whatever. Listen to this from Teen Vogue and Lexi uh, McMiniman. She, she wrote an article entitled, Celebrity, uh, Celebrating Queen Elizabeth II's Death Isn't Disrespectful, Colonialism Is. So this ought to be interesting. It says, following the death of Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth II, the United Kingdom's longest reigning monarch, Twitter had a field day. As for me, a member of the Irish diaspora, those uh, politics were developed by learning about Ireland's centuries of resistance to British colonialism. I had the dancing crabs cued for this news. Unsurprisingly, the celebration of someone's death, a mother, a grandmother, a great-grandmother, and a fan of corgis, was called disrespectful, disrespectful by those who wanted to make the day one of mourning. No matter the prompt, the, prompt, the pomp and circumstance of the royal family, I've never had a warm or fuzzy relationship to the figurehead of the British Empire. The legacy of of British colonialism is everywhere. I would not be an American today if my grandma hadn't left Ireland and she wouldn't have left Ireland if my dad could have gotten a job there or if they felt safe to continue living in Belfast without the threat of over-policing and discrimination, all of which are modern byproducts of Ireland being British's first colony. I also wouldn't be an American if the British hadn't established America with its history of genocide and displacement and anti-blackness and slavery and yet another colony. And I'm not the only one who feels this way, she says. Despite all of the pearl clutching, it's not like all of the UK actually wants the monarchy. A 2021 poll found that 41% of young Britons were in favor of ending the monarchy and having an elected head of state. While the BBC was doing man-on-the-street interviews the day that the Queen passed, one British woman cited, quote, British colonial history and shady situations like Prince Andrew, I don't even have have the word count to get into that, that bit, to explain why she really didn't care that the Queen had died. Countless defensive takes poured onto Twitter, excusing the Queen's decisions and downplaying her agency throughout the 20th century into the 21st. Some of the, some as the musician Liz Farr uh, jumped to the Queen's defense on the basis of her gender, arguing that being a woman in a long line of men within the monarchy differentiated her her and entitled her to respect. American icon Paris Hilton, if you can call her icon, called the queen the original girl boss. This is true insofar as we conceive that as a woman who, resp- uh, who represents the same system and institutions that hold black women and gender marginalized people across the globe, thus adopting the power of the oppressor, 
As people and entities romanticize the passing of the queen, including the Daily Mail, that it should be uh, acknowledged profits off the continuing existence of the royal family, others listed the billions of dollars in jewels the royal family essentially stole from countries like India and South Africa and countries that now suffer the outcomes of decades of plunder. (laughs) I bet this gal's a real winner at parties, right? Earlier this summer, Mathwani Methanga, a Kenyan revolutionary fighter, used the Queen's Jubilee celebration to call for an explanation from the Queen herself as to why she still hasn't been compensated after being tortured with axes by British troops. Let her give me a just compensation, they said in an interview, because she's the ruler. (laughs) Again, Again, these guys don't understand that the monarchy has no power. That is not where the power is anymore. They're just a figurehead. And she continues, as philosopher and author of elite capture Alfinimi Tayau put it, if the literal Queen of England is not responsible for her decisions or um, uh, complicit with harmful structures, who is? The Queen's role in reigning over the Commonwealth for seven decades shows its material impact on a regular basis, and her death shows the monarchy modern reach as her son, King Charles III, ascends to the throne of the Commonwealth realms compromised of 14 countries outside the United Kingdom, as pointed out by Al Jazeera. Some of these countries, such as Jamaica, may use this shift as an opportunity to push to separate from the Commonwealth. Northern Ireland's relationship to the rest of the United United Kingdom will continue to royal as the specifics of Brexit are ironed out, with the uh, specter of violence looming overhead. Other former colonies are still struggling to get their reparations from the state. For context, a 2017 estimate found the royal family is estimated to be worth $88 billion. (laughs) Oh, we want some of that, isn't what she's saying. The responses are still coming in as those who survived imperial violence at the hands of Britain are forced to remind everyone that we live among its spoils and ruins. From Australia, indigenous academic Sandy O'Sullivan said, quote, a reminder that the queen inserted herself into the lives of indigenous people were multiple times. She wasn't a bystander to the effects of colonialization and colonialism. Did you know Australia was founded as a penal colony and, and many Irish were transported there while the British were displacing the, uh, the aborigines of Australia? Academics have spent years attempting to tally the impact of British colonialism from South Africa to India, and and, uh, conservative estimates of deaths still end up in the millions. It's not a great look when a quick Google search pops up the headlines, five of the worst atrocities carried out by the English Empire, unquote. Yeah, (laughs) you don't think Google does that on purpose? Anyway, in honor of my people, 
I'll end up, uh, I'll, I'll end up this where we started back in Ireland and with the revolutionary James Connolly in 1910 regarding the visit of then King George V, he penned, quote, monarchy is a survival of the tyranny imposed by the hand uh, of greed and treachery upon the human race in the darkest and most ignorant days of our history. We will not blame him for the crimes of his ancestors if he relinquishes the royal rights of his ancestors, but as long as he claims their rights by virtue of descent, then the virtue of descent he must shoulder responsibility of their crimes. <laughs> how, how can you respect something whose existence is disrespectful to you? But perhaps the framework wasn't right in the first place. It was about celebration. The resistance will outlive colonialism and the British Empire, just as we've been doing all along. Let me continue. Let, 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 let me just kind of conclude from that article, which I could go on for days about how bad it is. But let me conclude with an article from hoover.org. It says, what does all of this mean for economic growth today? There are persistent differences in economic growth across the countries of the world, but many of the most successful ones are former members of the British Empire. This is no coincidence. At the time, the English was that that English was established, uh, establishing its empire across the globe. It was the most successful economy in the world and the greatest military power. The institutions underlying ep- economic growth, securing property rights and rule of law, uh, contract enforcement, active markets were in place in Britain. The colonies um, offered a laboratory to further uh, improve, especially in terms of demarcation of land rights. Several conclusions can be drawn from the historical experience. One is that there are advantages to having been a British colony because of the beneficial institutions that could be transplanted from England. Second, the transplanting of institutions required some of the uh, central control, but at the same time, flexibility to local conditions. And third, to this day, the effects of those institutions persist. Once in place, they have long-lasting implications from the country's patterns and levels of economy growth. Fortunately for the inhabitants of most of the former British Empire, even those in tropical countries, institutions that promoted growth were adopted in some cases over 200 years ago, and their advantages still remain. So so if you were to ask me if we should have, you know, liberated ourselves from Great Britain by way of the Revolutionary War? I would say absolutely yes, of course. If you were to ask me if British colonialism was a negative thing, I would say not every time. I mean, we see time after time after time, these areas that were under, you know, British control and rule it didn't turn out negatively until they actually were on their own. And areas that weren't under British control did not have the same advantages that those areas that were have today. If you were to ask me, should we mourn the passing of Queen Elizabeth II? I would say yes, of course. And and 
let me read you a quote of hers that, that she gave just a couple years ago. It says, quote, while COVID again means we can't celebrate quite as we may have wished, we can still enjoy the, hap- the many happy traditions, be it the singing of carols, as long as the tune is well known, <laughs> um, decorating the tree, giving and receiving presents, or watching a favorite film where we already know the ending. It's no surprise that families so often treasure their Christmas routines. We see our own children and their families embrace the roles, traditions, and values that that mean so much to us. As these are uh, passed from one generation to the next, sometimes being updated for changing times, I see it in my own family, and it is a source of great happiness. The Bible tells how a star appeared in the sky. It's like guiding the the shepherds and wise men to the scene of Jesus' birth. Let the light of Christmas, the spirit of selflessness, of love, and, uh, and above all, of hope, guide us in the times ahead. Now, that's a quote directly from her. And I would say that even though I have a lot of you know, problems with how they do things there. And, and, and I'm not a big fan of some of the, some of the things, and I'm a big fan of the revolutionary war and what, and, and how we have established things here. I say that, that we take the time when we see a leader that at least does things right in a lot of ways and the passing of that leader. And we, and we take a moment and we reflect on it and we don't do what we've seen done in this case, where we just dance on their graves. That is not the way that we handle things. And I will mourn the passing of this queen, uh, you, no matter what I thought of of her. And I think I thought pretty highly of her, to be honest with you. You may agree, you may disagree. Would love to hear from you. It's UncommonSensePodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.